0: Welcome to the podcast. Good
1: fall morning and evening to everyone. Hello.
0: Hello. Hello. <laughs> <It is laughs> How are fall. you?
1: Oh, I'm well, I'm looking out at the uh, city of Toronto, and oh my gosh, the leaves are a- changing. Like it's like a <gasps> there's like yellows and not a lot of like oranges yet, but like mm. pretty darn awesome. And it's yeah. been okay. So the climate is changing. It's like we're really, really in like an Armageddon situation, but. The, I guess the plus side of the ship going down is that it is really warm, like unprecedentedly yeah. warm, like 19, 20, 21 degrees right now.
0: I can beat you on that. We had 24 degrees at the weekend. <gasps> oh my God. 24 oh my God. degrees. Oh I'm my not, God, we're not dying. kidding you. Seriously. And then I was talking to my daughter, who's in the UK, and she's up north, um, Mm. so obviously the temperatures are that that much colder. She was like, Mm -hmm. Mom, I'm wearing a coat, it's freezing, it's 13 degrees. Oh, really? (laughs) I said, well, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's been beautiful here this weekend. (laughs) Are you,
1: wait, so how many, like, as the crow flies kilometers, is it up, or miles? um...
0: Uh, Yeah, miles, I don't know, maybe 700 miles, I don't know.
1: Oh my God, that's a lot. Oh my God, that's a lot. okay.
0: But you can still, you can get there in an hour on a plane. Okay, that makes sense though, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So like we yeah. left, um, we left at about maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, including mm. all of your transfers, the train, and, and I always like to leave a lot of kind of travel time. So I hate mm. being rushed. It makes me feel like really anxious and stressed. So mm. I always, like I would be going to the airport like the night before, you know, I'm not <laughs> kind of prepared. Yes. <laughs> like 24 hours, we need to get there. Wow. Um. So yeah, we left about 10 o'clock and I think we were back home in the kitchen for two o'clock in the afternoon. So that included a train ride, which was an hour and a half, wow. checking in your bags, or we had something to eat at the airport, uh, all of that. And yeah, got back by sort of two o'clock-ish. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Amazing.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. So it is a fair distance. It's not like like 200 miles or something like that.
0: No. It is long uh, Everywhere's a fair distance from Jersey because we're just stuck in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: gracious. So, and does your weather look more like France? Does that, does that tend to...
0: Yeah, maybe. It's kind of like got its own little microclimate, I often find. And, um, and because it's so small as well, often the weather, you'll think something's going to hit. And, you know, two or three hours later, it doesn't because it's just blown over or the wind slightly changed direction. Mm. And it just misses us because we're just so small.
1: Oh, wow.
0: We're like tiny.
1: <laughs> just floating under the radar, yeah, 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 oh, that's very nice. That's nice. That's the benefit of being small and uh,
0: small and perfectly formed,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. right on. Uh, so how's your last week so, been?
0: Um, yeah, it's been good. It was um, it's always weird, isn't it, when you just got to kind of get back into the groove of things. Oh, um and yeah. it's weird, like thinking that um that my daughter's not just going to walk in any minute. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of a bit weird because, she um you know, she spent time between kind of me and her dads anyway. So she wasn't here all the time. Mm-hmm. But because as I say we live in like a tiny island, she would just be driving by, she would pop in for something, or um she used to do have like a little job doing deliveries, so um if she needed the loo should and she was in this oh. area, she'd just pop in and oh. um just like random little visits. Um so it's just really weird because obviously mm-hmm. she's not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So instead, we just have little FaceTime chats instead, which is nice.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, you're being very brave and strong.
0: Well, yeah, I am missing her now. I have to say it's kind of like I'm ready for Christmas to come so she can come back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's the next time you'll see her?
0: (laughs) Well, although I may go up again, so I'm going to have a look at flights. And if it's not too pricey, then I said I would go and visit her if she wanted me to. so, um, So I might do another little visit.
1: Oh, of course, of course. That's quite lovely. Oh, very mm. nice. Excellent. So, on your yeah. uh, week back, have you gotten to the relationship desk of love for some correspondence work?
0: I most certainly, certainly
1: have. have. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a
0: little weird That's one awesome. for you today.
1: Ah, oh, okay. Go on.
0: Right. Now, I, I tell you, there are certain times in my life when I just know that I'm older. Oh, and I can tell that because. <laughs> random things that you read or hear about I just can't fathom
1: oh okay yes and I'm just
0: kind of like I think I'm too old for this shit okay (laughs) Okay, so now you may have heard of this term before I certainly had not so the title of this this article is there are six signs that you are (gasps) autosexual have you heard of that phrase before because
1: I mean okay oh so funny i saw this film on the weekend <laughs> t10 i think is, is like this french film that was like the most insane film i have ever it beat the shit out of me it was such an insane film and and autosexual <laughs> actually fit in with that theme um she has trysts with automobiles but anyways um so yes The long story short is um number one the film was great but you have to like holy shit like stretch and warm up for it to watch it and then number two is i don't think i know what autosexual means
0: (laughs) well i definitely did not know what autosexual meant but going back to this film are you saying (laughs) that she was having sex with
1: cars yes and became impregnated with such vehicle yes it was it was this wacky wacky like so this this french director this woman she's just insane and she's it's a really really good film but holy shit there's been no film that has beat the shit out of me so much. I came out of the theater going, holy crap, that, wow. Wow. It is, I have never seen anything like it.
0: And, and I thought I was going some this week because I went to the cinema to see James Bond. Oh, but, oh uh, gosh. Oh, that's quite you- lovely. Mm. <laughs> you most definitely chumped me on that one <laughs>
1: yeah no I mean um. <clears throat> so the official like the official film description f- for the uh, so it's it sort of screened at this permanent um, theater for the Toronto Film Festival and in their description they sort of describe it and in the very end they're like buckle the fuck up <laughs> wow. this is the theater that was screening the film yeah 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 so uh, brilliant and I, it's a it's a delight that women are um, bringing this forward like I just it's just it's something I've never seen before <laughs>
0: It, it sounds crazy as shit sorry. oh my god
1: it was just I can't even I can't even I can't even yeah
0: I, 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 I actually feel like you've shocked me in the silence I know <laughs> I know like, if I know listeners could see the expression on my face right now it really is like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it it is incredible because the the the, um, the ushers in the theater said, you know, we had to call nine one one because some kid like passed out, was unconscious, uh, came stumbling out of the theater at one point in time. Because yeah, she so she has a reputation for creating film. Her the prior one where where people were you needed like barf bags, like it was just. I know it's unreal. It's it's I know. Anyways, wow. Yes, okay. quite amazing.
0: Well, that's an aspiration in life, isn't it? I want to make films that make people be sick. <laughs> I know
1: exactly, exactly. I think, I think in this case though, it's just it's just such an original voice that I uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of being rocked by like original content. Mm. It was amazing. Anyways, okay,
0: yeah. I honestly, don't know where to go with that.
1: <laughs> well, so I'll bring you back to autosexual because, okay, like, let's. I think I knew, and I I don't know what it is. Yes, I'm too yeah. old myself, so. Well, I did <laughs> not know.: speed.
0: Yeah, I did not know what it meant, and um, I was intrigued reading the article. So it says, "It starts off with, for decades, um, sexuality has been something that doesn't always have the right terms to accurately describe what's going on with somebody's desires. But over time, culture made space for recognition of various identities. Now we have the actual words to describe these things, a case Mm. in point being autosexual. So I think what they're trying to say there is there's um, lots of different types of sexuality and we Mm -hmm. didn't really kind of have any names before and now we're creating these names. Mm -hmm. Um, They're also just confusing me as they keep bringing out more and more names for things. Right, right. (laughs) Because I'm just kind of like, yeah. Anyway, so um, enough about my shortcomings. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So this article kind of describes um, what autosexual means. So let's get to that bit. So it says, at the baseline, being autosexual means you're attracted to or aroused by yourself. Ah, uh-huh. so I wasn't expecting that but this nice. is what we've got so like all forms of sexuality this happens on a spectrum some people could use the term to talk about an experience they had while others could think of being autosexual as defining their sexual identity mm-hmm. so you might have had a fantasy once about be about having sex with yourself or you might find that you mostly get turned on from thinking of yourself during sex mm. and that's there's a huge range between the two so um it says another way to to try and think about it is you could enjoy um something kinky but not identify as as being kinky mm. so it's thinking about that kind of identity so uh-huh. so how do you know if you're autosexual? so here are the six signs mm. so the first one is you're mostly attracted to yourself more than others mm you look at your own body and feel sexually aroused Mm. you prefer to engage in masturbation rather than a partnered sex Mm. you exclusively desire yourself sexually more than being sexual with others you engage in sexual fantasies and have sexual dreams about yourself more than you do about having sex with others and um, you may still have sexual or romantic relationships with others successfully
1: Oh my gosh, this is wonderful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's saying just because you are more turned on by yourself than other people doesn't mean mm-hmm. to say that you can't have a romantic, a successful romantic relationship.
1: Oh, lovely. Uh, that, okay, so if I were to have stabbed in the dark, I, I think I would have, uh, that would have been my guess. Um, but what's lovely too, like one of the things I'm really like, I think I've probably said the the spectrum and the, the diversity in the asexual identification, which is really exciting to me because there are folks who are asexual in some fashion or another around the spectrum have always been and now we finally are able to describe what that is. Um, And and so there's no binaries. It's not like um, if you're asexual or you identify as asexual or aromantic, like there are times where you can be attracted to somebody or you want, you may want to have sex with somebody or be in a romantic relationship, but it just, the degrees can be, it's sort of like you turn a dial. It's not just zero or one. It's like various shades. And that's really exciting. So autosexual, like that's really cool. Cause like, actually, to be honest, that, that sounds so thrilling because gosh the world is your oyster if you turn yourself on and you enjoy sexual activity and fantasy and kink with yourself by yourself I mean rarely would you let yourself down
0: <laughs> well that's definitely an interesting way of uh, of putting it yeah I think there's a couple of things that come to mind for me. I mean, I just genuinely think that I'm too old for this shit. So like, (laughs) for me, just, um, yeah, like I find it very difficult to think about all these different terms Mm -hmm. and what they mean and remember what they all mean. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think from that perspective, I just think I'm kind of, I'm beyond some of it. Um, Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean to say that, you know, if other people are are interested in it and it's their thing and Mm -hmm. they um, welcome the fact that they've got different terms to to identify, then I see that as a good thing. There's a couple of things that I think of though is, I know like it says in the article there, you could have a, you can still have a successful relationship, but could you really though, because if you feel like you're the only person that you get the most pleasure from, then will anything else after that not be a bit of a letdown?
1: Ah, I think it's a great question I here's the thing I actually think that rather than thinking about it from sort of the ground up I think about it in reverse so I think about all these relationships where you know as coaches we we encounter clients men and women or non-binary who have problems in their relationship because they don't feel like their partner is connecting with them sexually in the way that they want to maybe they Mm -hmm. feel like their partner is not attracted to them all the time maybe they find that their partner is locked up with their computer a lot of the time right yeah and and yes is that a functional relationship? No, because there's expectations not met. So yeah. because they're operating on this paradigm where but aren't we supposed to satisfy each other sexually? So what if one person were to identify as autosexual to some degree, it might allow their partner to understand why is it that you have a lukewarm attraction for me? You you are attracted to me in some ways sometimes and so forth, but the observation that they um, might get sexual pleasure by themselves or in some way that that it explains the phenomenon. Now the question is is that I think it's it's important to sort of like put a stake in the ground is like this is who I am, this is what I like, and, and if I am asexual, aromantic, um, autosexual in some way, is like own that. Yeah. I, I would certainly like to find out ahead of time rather than after the fact that my partner is autosexual.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I just, I can't help but think that it's somewhere down the line ego is going to get in the way and that it is going to cause some problems in the relationship.
1: I think so. But labeling it and naming it is important. Because yeah,
0: absolutely. I don't disagree with that.
1: Yeah. But after that, a partner might be like, you know, that's not for me. I just want to have yeah. more sex with you or more and more. And uh, if a partner's like, well, I'm not really into that. Yeah. Then hard decisions need to be made. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I actually think that, you know, a lot of folks won't be able to be with somebody who has, who enjoys a lot of their sexuality by themselves and Mm -hmm. doesn't include the other partner. Absolutely.
0: I also think it's not the norm from, I mean, certainly when I talk to people, the norm isn't to kind of feel that way. Um, we get the kind of exact opposite where people, don't have the body confidence they don't Mm. like to kind of you know they're not attracted to themselves so I see kind of a lot of it actually Mm. in reverse Mm. um so I guess from that point of view at least there's a positive you know you've got a positive image body image about yourself haven't you so which is a which is a good thing
1: could be could be yeah I I you know it's funny but I actually run up with a lot of folks a lot of women who are have male partners and whose male partners they're their libido is actually quite dialed down. Mm. Yeah. So, so funny enough, I actually run into this all the time Yeah. where, and, and maybe that is like, and, and, and they don't know why. So they often say, Oh, I guess it's because I'm not attractive or my partner doesn't like me or whatever. But if we were to really inquire um, often, we might find out that the partner is asexual or uh, autosexual or whatever that might be. But Mm. I run into it all the time where something is going on that we haven't actually named yeah. That is causing distress in a partner. Mm. And oftentimes it's the female partner who's quite distressed. Yeah. So something is going, something that, yeah, names, naming things are important. I think it just helps people sort of stand where they are and say, this is who I am. And and then people can make informed choices moving forward. Like, is this the relationship that I want to be in N- now that I know this is my partner's sexual identity or sexual preference and so forth? Yeah. Yeah. Oh Ooh. my gosh, I'm quite fired up by this. It's a actually.
0: whole new world. That's all yes. i A whole yes. new world.
1: <laughs> I thought actually, so I think Chuji, what's this term that's kind of coming around that like, it's kind of like the new term for like basic. I don't know. Anyways, that, that, there's a term that's kind of Gen Z, which I don't know, and I don't know how to use it in a sentence. And so I'm feeling quite old by this new term coming around
0: yeah I'm not done with the
1: kids at all, <laughs> oh the, and you've got kids like they keep you young and hip, right?
0: yeah, no, <laughs> no, oh, okay, okay, fair enough, fair
1: enough, yeah, well, that was like some racy, awesome uh news, thank you so much, yeah for that. something new, stretching us, yep, yeah, absolutely I, I feel like I've been educated, <laughs> yes, me
0: too <laughs> we are we are growing, we are growing all the time, yeah. <laughs> Ah, absolutely. <laughs> so shall we, uh, now we're warmed up, shall we go for a hot topic?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right.
0: Today's hot topic is finding purpose with your partner.
1: Oh, yes,
0: mm. yes. So we talk. we've talked a bit, haven't we, about how having kind of common purpose, having something where you're kind of aligned as a couple is is really, really important. But I don't know how conscious we are as human beings that really kind of honing in on this. Do you?
1: Oh my gosh, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Whether it's like, you know, you know, some people take formal preparation courses before marriage or, mm. you know, any sort of like relationship. We don't often hear like finding your purpose. We It's so important, but yet yeah, not addressed.
0: Yeah, I think that it is important. It's important to understand where you've got kind of like misalignment in dreams or, um, you know, future goals or aspirations. I think some of that can be or maybe it's even on a kind of day to day basis around what you give your time to and um and where you put your energy so -hmm. you can have kind of a misalignment there as well can't you where Mm. I want to live in a certain way then um but my partner kind of is is the complete opposite then there's so much I think that's involved in this when we think about purpose it's not just Mm -hmm. kind of I think there's the automatic thing that says actually well my purpose means kind of where we're going to get to in the future or kind of what we're working towards but I I actually think that this plays into kind of your day-to-day life as well. Mm, what yes. do you think?
1: Oh my gosh, it totally is yeah. I, I there's a a, a client that um, has read a book where they they sort of encourage you to to consider your family like a business firm and so like any business is going to have their statement of values, their mission statement, purpose statement, et etc. and so it encourages both couples to sort of draft their mission statements. And we don't ever do that, but it's it's exhilarating to think about yeah. actually sitting down. What do we stand for as a couple, as a family? Yeah. And and the surprising thing is that that's where it, when you actually ask the questions, you realize, oh my gosh, we probably have very different ways of of approaching things, which are beautiful and valid. But no wonder we might be out of alignment on a daily basis because we don't know what the unconscious or nonverbal sort of mission statement that the other is is living by.
0: Yeah yeah when we think about kind of the purpose especially when we're looking at the the day-to-day stuff and where we're spending time and energy or how we approach things then you can see then where some of those clashes will happen and -hmm. you can see then where the conflict arises because actually we're kind of we're approaching things in a in a very different way Mm -hmm. and as a result of that we are clashing Mm -hmm. but because we're not thinking about that consciously Mm -hmm. we don't know that that's what's going on (laughs) Yes. So we just think actually we're not right for each other, we're not a good fit, we don't yes. um, you know, we're two different people, like all yeah. of those, you know, we're disconnected, like all of those things that we hear through kind of sessions and things like that, they're yeah. the types of things that come up. And it's not often it's not about that. It's just that we haven't got the understanding of mm. what our own purpose is or our common purpose together.
1: hmm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's almost like our relationship has to have its own purpose that we both contribute to it. That yeah. might be quite distinct from our individual purpose. Not that we should lose ourselves in the sauce, but our we're sort of, we build something together that might have its own sort of third dimension of purpose that we both, we both might take our individual mission statements and kind of blend it together to create something that looks a little different. And that's what we will agree to strive towards Yeah, because it's weird because you, you all, you also kind of have to compromise a little bit Mm. in the relationship mission statement. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're two individuals who are very different. Yeah. So how do you go about finding your purpose as a, as a couple?
0: I do think this is one of the more trickier topics that we've, that we've um, discussed actually, because Mm. it's a bit like, um, when we talk about value work, um, values can be quite tricky can't they to uncover mm-hmm. if you don't really kind of if you're not connected with them and I kind of openly said I didn't really know what mine were until about the last kind of five or ten years
1: yeah, yeah. um
0: and, and they can kind of change and evolve as, as well and I think it's very similar with with purpose when we think about it I don't think we kind of spend enough time getting in touch with kind of our own purpose what's our why like um you know what if we think about what we want to kind of leave behind or um, you know, you think in 20, 25 years, whatever, then like, what do I want to have, have achieved? What do I want to have mm. been known for? How, like, who is it that I want to be? Mm. I don't think we spend enough time thinking about that before we even get into then thinking about well, mm. what, what does that mean for us as a, as a couple together? So, true. Um, so I do think that this is one of the trickier ones, but maybe that's kind of the best way to approach it is to really think about okay let's fast forward to uh you know 30 years time and we are kind of approaching retirement or like whatever it is like what is it that we how do we want to be living our life like what is it that um kind of what would good look like what would Mm. um success look like really kind of approach it from that kind of positive future state which is mm-hmm. is quite tricky i think to do as an exercise because we're not really very good at kind of moving to the future because well I'll speak for myself as well. I'm quite a rational person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's kind of and then you can get into this kind of argument with yourself. Um so we talk about the levels of energy and the coach work that um Anna and I do. So like I'm very kind of level three, where Mm -hmm. is that kind of rationalization? Um, so it is it can be really tricky to do this exercise where we kind of fast forward and we think about well what, you know, what what is it that we'll have done and um or how would we have lived our life? How would we how will we have been as a couple? Mm. And what, you know, what does that look like if we're in a kind of successful, happy place?
1: Mm. And what helps to unlock that visioning? I think practice
0: and making some space for it really kind of suspend an old judgment, mm. which is super hard, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> super difficult to do. Yeah. Um, you know, not Not allowing yourself to kind of slip into that kind of those if, buts and maybes or the, well, that'll never work or we can never be that person. So it's really kind of suspending any sort of judgment or beliefs that may kind of hold you back because Mm. really want to be thinking about like, well, what's a blank piece of paper? What if anything was possible? Mm. Um, You know, I often think about there was a program or a film, wasn't there, about Limitless where the guy takes a pill and... And then just anything is kind of possible. He's got all these like super amazing powers then. And when he's in kind of a normal world without the pill, then life's a bit kind of Mm. like dull and average and and normal. And uh, and he really kind of struggles then between the two things. But I often kind of think about that. Well, what if, what Mm. if that pill really was real and you could take it and anything was truly possible? Mm. Like what would you want to kind of live your life like?
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, and we find as coaches that we, yeah, we have to help clients move into a space to think about this. We have to go into yeah. a room where everything is possible because we cannot do this work if we bring yeah. reality in to sort of naysay and sit around and remind us yeah. of all the crap that's hard or seems impossible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. And so there's two people who themselves get very clear on their values, their purpose, you know, where they're headed, what their life is sort of trajectory what they want to leave behind their legacy and if they both sort of come to that how do you suggest that a couple meet together to kind of lay their cards on the table and to start to create that common to meld or to compromise Mm. or to sort of blend together their two How, how do you um
0: yeah and again I feel like this is where kind of the hard work kicks in because um naturally I think the first kind of things that come up are fear because it's Mm -hmm. around like well what if I tell you that this is kind of my Uh, kind of uh. dream or my passion or my purpose and then yours is different then and and I do think this is why like a lot of couples don't really like face challenges because actually blissful ignorance is kind of okay (laughs) yeah that's a safe place to be and if I don't know about it it can't hurt me Mm -hmm. um so therefore we just carry on Mm -hmm. and I guess the opposite side of that though is what if that talking about this this purpose or your dreams or your kind of lifelong passions actually Mm -hmm. sparks something like really positive and great that Mm -hmm you hadn't even kind of thought was going to happen so you end up with this like really great experience where suddenly um i don't know you decide to sell your house and move and go and trek to nepal and Ah. and work in an orphanage Mm -hmm. i don't know and that you suddenly kind of unlock some sort of purpose or passion that you didn't even know was there Mm -hmm. and you end up with this even more amazing awesome life that you never thought was possible
1: (gasps) Yes, but the process of really hearing your partner yes. requires you to face the fear that some of their dreams will not include you, or at the face of it, doesn't seem to include you. And the fear that we always have is that our somebody is going to just sort of drift away from us, or or that maybe yeah. their dreams will be bigger than us. Uh, yeah. And you got to, I guess, you know, kind of trust in the process of just, you know, a dream that you know about. Is it's more important to know about what is important for your partner than to not know about it, even if it might, on the surface, threaten your relationship as it your looks existence. right now. Yeah. Your existence, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because the thing is, is like you have to face these conversations, go into it, saying, "I don't own my partner; they don't own me. Yeah, we happen to be walking together, but I don't own them. They're not. They're not chained to me. I can't hold them down. Yeah." So even if we don't talk about it, they'll still dream in their mind, they're free. So yeah. why don't we just consider each other to be free people and really just have chats about like, you know, oh, that's your dream. Okay, so what is it? About, what? about How does that dream make you feel?
0: Yeah. And you're right, it is better to know what's going on than not because... Mm-hmm. That's when you get the resentment that builds up in the relationship. Mm. If I feel like there's something that I'm being held back from or I feel like I can't be my true self or I can't mm. fulfill something that I've always kind of dreamed of, then eventually that will come out in and manifest in some way in the relationship mm-hmm. and it's not likely to you know to have a positive effect if it's been if you feel like something's been squashed and i can't kind of do anything and i'm held back then Mm. it's understandable that that's going to be difficult isn't it yeah 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 i think it's taking it really um if you've not explored this before i think it's about um taking it in just kind of little small steps and you know just really trying to be as open as possible and think about it with curiosity rather than um rather than coming from that place of fear where i'm worried about what's going to happen or Mm. those kind of natural things about rejection or um abandonment kind of come up Mm. so it can kind of trigger some of those emotions but if we can be open and think with curiosity Mm. and see it as a a, you know really wonderful opportunity to get to know each other Mm. a little bit better and maybe just explore something that might end up being totally fabulous yeah I don't know. I feel excited by this. I don't know why.
1: Oh, I, I completely am. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it really. I mean, it's very risky. It's very scary because we don't think along these lines, and that's mm. why so many of us don't make it. Yeah. Um, but it's really exciting. Like, um, you know, making a little exercise, a weekend exercise. Okay, you, you write your personal mission statement. I'll write my personal mission statement, and then write your mission statement for our for the for our union, and yeah. then let's sit and compare notes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's scary but it's it's exciting yeah all at the same time and I think one thing is you know something to temper the fear might be to remember like for whatever reason this person has chosen to be with you
0: yeah yeah absolutely all right okay should we do a
1: question question let's do it okay
0: this week's question I think my wife is still in love with her ex. What should I do?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is not uncommon. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Okay, well, what's coming up for you on this? Well, it's
0: interesting that you just said there at the end, it kind of, um, I think it segues into this a little bit, is Mm. this person has chosen you. So you got married, you took your vows, She's picked you. You are her person.
1: I'm a little more cynical though, because I think sometimes, I don't think in all, I think sometimes there is a possibility that folks might not have fully dropped the feelings in their past, even if they're in a new relationship. I think for the most part, you, but tell you what, yes, I think you and I are (laughs) in exciting disagreement here, but... Let's go and let's go and sort of dissect, like we always do, the question and mm. what is motivating that person, what questions would you have for the person asking?
0: For me, there's something else that's coming up as well, is around actually so this person's obviously um doubting the relationship. Mm-hmm. There's something that's coming up in them that's making them doubt it. So right. if we think about kind of like mirroring or projection, like this I don't know why, like, I think that there's something in that with this question. So why is it that this person is doubting themselves? So they they got married, they stood there, they took their vows, they've pledged their life together. Mm -hmm. That's what they've done. Mm -hmm. What is it that, you know, now, we don't know how long this person's been married, but what is it now that's kind of triggering this this kind of self-doubt that's coming up? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the, they say, so they say, I think my wife is yeah. not with their ex. So they, mm-hmm. number one, we know that they have not heard their wife so they say, they haven't got any
0: proof. Yeah. They haven't
1: got any proof. Great. So the question would be, is so what is making, what, where are these feelings coming from? And yeah. I'm assuming it's because of her behavior,
0: but it could be something entirely like nothing to do with her. That's what I think.
1: Or interpretation of how she's yeah. how she's acting. Yes. Yeah. So, do you are you thinking that she's distant? Are you feeling that she's not sort of giving you the love in the way that you want it? Like what what is missing? Mm-hmm. I think would be a question. Like what do you what are you missing? And why? Are, what leads you to have this doubt in your mind?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the thing for me. is just really exploring what is going on here because mm-hmm. there's. I mean like with all questions that come in there's more to it than than that you know is mm-hmm. there um you know something could to change to this guy where um I'm assuming that it's a guy because um I naturally come from a heterosexual point of view maybe um uh, maybe uh two girls but yep. you know what is it that's happened you know has this have you always had this feeling so has it did you have doubts when you first got married like Mm. or is it something that's come up that's new Mm. so I'd kind of want to explore that in terms of the timing Mm -hmm. because something has happened to trigger this unless that feeling has always been there and it's just getting Ah. kind of stronger and stronger so Mm -hmm. I'd really want to kind of just explore and dig a little deeper on that Mm -hmm. um you know, is there something around comparison that's coming in here? So is there a kind of, you know, a feeling that the ex was more exciting, more attractive, more kind of brought more, more passion or whatever it is. So are there some things that you are comparing yourself to your partner's ex? Like what, what is it? What's going on there?
1: Right. But I think that the ex is still in the picture somehow. Otherwise this wouldn't be coming up as a question. So obviously. The wife is in contact with the ex, or perhaps the ex comes over for dinner, or perhaps they're friends. So the ex is still in the picture, top of mind somehow.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'm getting that. Like, oh, I think what is this the first time we've properly disagreed on something? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I don't get that at all. Like, from my intuition, doesn't tell me that. It's
1: weird, isn't it? It is. It's amazing we're we I wouldn't say we're in an impasse. And the thing is it's not that I think what we're saying is we're we're sort of fr- coming from two different sort of first impressions on this, but I can mm. absolutely see your side is that at the end of the day, this person's question is coming from insecurity that comes from themselves, you know. Yes. But I am leaving the door open to say like I suspect that this that their partner is actually in ongoing contact with the ex and and we do know of relationships where there's very fuzzy blurred boundaries where there's still you know they still call their ex their best friend or they're still oh, in then, contact listen, I
0: have I have a friend that collects exes literally she yeah. just she's friends yeah. with all of her exes like I don't yeah. know how she does it I less so so um yeah but she you know so I, I get it I get that exes are kind of around but the thing for me is still about this person that's asking the question is mm-hmm you should feel kind of strong enough, confident enough and believe in your own relationship. And for me, that can't be there because if you did, then you wouldn't be worried about whether they are in contact or um, have dinner together or whatever. You would would wholly trust your relationship and you would wholly kind of have the confidence in yourself. And I think that's what's missing.
1: I think in most cases, your point of view would serve. Mm. I, I guess for me, like listen and, and maybe it is because my actually my parents had something similar to Lady Diane and Prince Charles where there w- there was a best friend in the picture who had this disproportionately large role in my mm. parents marriage yeah. um, it didn't end up in the way that Lady Diane and and Prince Charles did but but you know it's it's quite compelling as to sort of like you know the interviews with Lady Diana was was that she's like there was a, there was a larger this ex who, you know, and she wasn't dreaming this up, right? So mm. Prince Charles later went on to marry the woman who took a disproportionate yeah, amount yeah. of role. So, you know, to Lady Di, I would be like, you're trusting your gut that something's not right here. So mm. and, and you're right, I think I'm really like this bias is really slipping me down the, their garden path. And, and for most folks, this sort of paranoia will not serve them. Yeah, Lady Diana was right the entire time her gut was telling her something that was absolutely Mm. true is that she was not a priority and this was not a true marriage. Like it was not, but in most instances, it is probably a misinterpretation of what you're noticing and your, your biases towards, Oh, you know, they must be in love with their ex and so forth. Mm. And then that you're right. Then you end up losing a relationship because you lack confidence and you have this sort of tint of paranoia and then you just drive your partner away because you want the thing that you suspect to end up as true. So, yeah, yes, I, I, I think ultimately you're probably right in most cases.
0: Yeah, no, and I, and I get that, I guess. So either way, whether it is that there's somebody kind of more um, active than there should be in the relationship or whether it is just around kind of um, some misaligned interpretation. Mm. I think the first step is to really, really get clear about how you're feeling. Mm and what's coming up and mm-hmm. maybe kind of explore some of those explore some of those thoughts and beliefs for yourself. So I think that would be the first step that I would w- would advise doing. And then it's once you've got that clarity, real kind of clarity of mind, because I kind of do get a sense that there's a lot of kind of um not confusion's not the right word, but there's a lot of kind of cloudiness around this, around um ah. You know, sometimes when you overthink a problem, and yeah. um, and then you actually you're not even clear about what the problem is or what's going on anymore because you've you've overanalyzed it so much that yeah. you kind of don't even know where you're at anymore. So I kind of get a sense that there's real kind of clarity needed around, mm. you know, like I think that my wife's still in love with her ex. Okay, well, what does that mean? Like, what what is coming up? Like, what signs? Where where does that belief come from? And really get clear on that before you then raise the subject with your partner if it's a real strong strong issue and you can't move beyond it yeah then you need to discuss it because like, like you say eventually you will drive a wedge through the through the relationship anyway yeah because you'll you know you're not being true and honest about how you're feeling and what's going on and it'll manifest itself in you know a less positive behavior
1: oh gosh yes I like the way that you say this total lack of clarity because it's true. Mm. What we often do is we often externalize to make something very simple. Uh, yeah. That's it. My wife is still in love with her ex. Yeah. So that makes a clear and sort of single sort of black and white statement about mm. something when actually... You're seeking clarity, but you're externalizing, you're moving the clarity sort of out into another arena where it doesn't serve anybody. Yeah. So if we bring the question back, like what is it that you specifically are missing or lacking in the relationship, yeah. it gets it gets very messy and very uncomfortable. And that's why people mm. don't like, to, they're like, no, 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 don't worry about my feelings. <laughs> yeah. My partner's having an affair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think by externalizing it and only focusing on that, you're missing a massive part of the puzzle, right?
1: Yes. If we zip right to, yeah. Oh, that dastardly partner and their affair, and how how dare they? That's so cat. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> nice. So I do like the fact that you're bring because most of the time it just is all it is all a made up story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the narrative that we create is just like mm-hmm. so much. It's always going to be different to reality. Mm-hmm. Always.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you no, know, it's true. never. You know, I could, I could interpret a message from you in a certain way, and say, "Oh, this means kind of X, Y, and Z," and I replay that back to you. I'm, it's. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna get it right because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's just so much interpretation that goes on, and I'm yeah. kind of. I had a conversation with somebody this morning about kind of, that whole narrative and around and and literally this person had just created this whole thing inside of their own mind and I was like how like none of this is true like where's your evidence what mm-hmm. do you have to support this belief that you've got right now like mm-hmm. you're just why are you overthinking it why are you over analyzing it oh my gosh yes but yeah. as human beings we're really really super good at that yes yes <laughs> it's yes, like yes. a little superpower <laughs> yeah
1: yeah oh yeah. gosh we are Mm. So, I mean, that's a great place to start. And if at the end of the day, you know, your conclusion to your inside work would say, you know, for some reason or the other, can't say why it is, but I don't seem to be getting my needs met in my relationship. Then that's something to come to your partner with to say, this is what I need. And this is, you know, the explanation for why I'm not is out of my control. I don't know what's going on. And that's not something I can necessarily fix, but I can clearly communicate what my needs are and the change that I'm seeing that I need.
0: Yeah. But, you know, even when, often when we kind of do this type of work, then we'll find out that there are certain insecurities that we have or certain feelings. The real strength is is sharing that with your partner because mm-hmm. then we kind of know where we're at. We know that, oh, actually, my, as a partner, I need to, use a different approach or i need Mm. to kind of um tackle something in a in a different way to how i would ordinarily so in some ways you're giving your partner um the best possible chance to help to make your relationship successful and to help Mm. to support you because you're giving them the information that they need
1: yes roadmaps are always always helpful and essential in relationship give your partner the roadmap yes yeah
0: and you know (laughs) If we think about it from the flip side, chances are the partner's probably making up loads of stuff as well here about ah. the relationship. You know, maybe this person has, as a result of this kind of self-doubt, has has maybe withdrawn a little bit. or mm. um, And so on the other side, the, the partner's going, I don't know what's going on. We didn't used to be like this. We used to be mm. quite happily married. I can tell that there's something going on, but they're, mm. they're not being open and honest and I don't know what to do. So you've just got two people who are in this kind of um state of internal flux and chaos, mm. um, both really super unhappy and um, are not connecting to solve the problems. Yes. The problem that might not even exist.
1: Yes, that makes perfect sense. So y- it's not like you have to sort of ignore what's going on under your nose, but just if you start by looking inside and doing the yeah. work on inside and then and then you can examine your story and sort of really sort of reality test your narrative. Is my narrative serving me? Or is it just pushing a person away from me? Mm. Like perhaps maybe this person has done that multiple times before. It's Well,
0: yeah, that's the thing that popped up for me then is mm. is that a pattern? So have you is this kind of a cycle that you that you generally suffer with?
1: Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's true. It's fascinating, isn't it?
1: It is. Yes. <laughs> <gasps> Whew. Yeah. Possibly the first time that we've been like, ah, we don't see eye to eye at all. I oh, no.
0: know. <laughs> we do see
1: if, but we started off on a very different interpretation, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Mm.
1: Oh, yeah. All so. Right. That was a good workout. It
0: was a good workout. Yes, yeah. it was. It yeah. was.
1: Well, it's a good way to start the week and it's, we're heading into fall. And so climate change is creating these aberrations in weather where we and when we would normally be, be a lot cooler, we're still warm, but we know that the cold weather is coming, so it's yeah. it's sweaters, it's it's uh, you know, buttoning up for the winter.
0: It is confusing for your wardrobe though, I have to say it, because yes. I was kind of like all prepared to swap over my um summer winter wardrobe and then it yeah. was really beautiful at the weekend. I was like, I honestly don't even know what to wear now. I know. <laughs> I'm just I know. really confused. It's true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so oh.
0: yeah, it is confusing me. Yeah. Well yeah.
1: Hopefully, in all that confusion, a bit more clarity about relationship. Yeah. And a few more terms to describe the natural phenomenon of variation in sexual preference explained.
0: I'm going to carry on trying to learn these new things um, and uh, see if that brings any enlightenment to my world.
1: (laughs) Well, apparently, so, you know, just like we tell elders to do Sudoku puzzles, apparently learning new things keeps our brain sharp and possibly protective against dementia. Oh,
0: well, don't talk to me about Sudoku because I tried one at the weekend and I haven't done one for oh it must be years since I last did one and there was one in the back of a magazine so I I bought um, I like to just get a magazine, sit down, have a nice uh, cup of tea, cup of coffee just have a nice little flick and just enjoy kind of reading some new things and um, and in the back they had this um, this Sudoku puzzle um. and I thought oh I'm going to give this a go and I got so frustrated because <laughs> I just seemed to have like my whole brain just seems to have got out of the habit of being able to do it and I just yeah. annoyed myself um. and then I got one and the numbers wrong because I kind of realised I kind of got on a bit of a roll then and I thought oh no I'm doing okay I can still do this mm-hmm. and then I got halfway through and realised I must have put a number wrong somewhere because there's no way I could solve the, the puzzle puzzle so i was furious by that oh, by that point gosh.
1: oh gosh that's hard Oops.
0: oh so yeah maybe i need to kind of try this a little bit more and stretch my
1: mind yes 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 yeah. indeed clearly mind netflix stretching. and
0: chill is um has just messed with my brain cells oh god tell me
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> all right well oh. mind stretching into the next week ahead
0: yes yes i shall go and um practice some more sudoku
1: Ah, very nice. <laughs> all right.
0: All right, then. Till next week.
1: Till next week.
0: So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.